Just Curious. Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Movies, and I'm Jason Connell. On the show today, I'm talking about Midnight Run, 1988, just rewatched. This movie holds up. I hadn't seen it in quite some time. During the pandemic, I revisited the movie, loved it. So I watched it again a couple days ago so I could come on Let's Talk Movies and delve into it. So let's start with the synopsis. For those of you who don't know or don't remember, a bounty hunter pursues a former mafia accountant who is also being chased by a rival bounty hunter, the FBI, and his old mob boss after jumping bail. Wow, there's a lot going on there. A great movie, right? The makings of a great movie. It is and it does. De Niro, Groden, what else do you need? Here's the poster for those of you on YouTube. Booyah, De Niro and Groden right there. Love it. This is what the poster says. This is the text straight off the poster. Robert De Niro, a tough bounty hunter. Charles Groden, a sensitive criminal. Monday, escape with their lives from New York. Tuesday, impersonate FBI agents in Chicago. Wednesday, still playing in New Mexico. Thursday, almost kill each other by accident. Friday, almost kill each other on purpose. Midnight run. This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That sums it up perfectly. Here's two guys. One guy's a bounty hunter. Another one's a criminal. They're not supposed to bond, but yet they do. Very similar to another movie that came out this very same year, which was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We'll delve into that one some other time. But yeah, two unlikely guys. By the end of it, they're friends. So, fantastic. Now, the genre for this movie, action, comedy, crime. The release date was July 20th, 1988. I first saw it on VHS, probably late 80s, right when it came out from Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or somewhere like that. Now, the director... Martin Brest. He also did and directed Son of a Woman, Beverly Hills Cop, Going in Style, all great movies. And I remember him as an actor bit part in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So there's that. I think he's in the morgue when they all go to look at the, you know, the dead body and then Spicoli's there. So yeah, he is in that scene. Go figure. Now the writer, George Gallo, also wrote Middlemen, Bad Boys, 29th Street, the last one I was quite fond of. I actually worked at Blockbuster when 29th Street came out. Loved it. Danny Aiello, Anthony LaPaglia. Years later, I would meet Danny Aiello at the Hoboken Film Festival in New Jersey, and we actually talked about 29th Street. So, yeah, love it. And here was the writer. Now, the cinematographer, Donald E. Thorin. Rest in peace. We lost him. February 9th, 2016 at 81. But he was also DP on movies like Lock Up, The Golden Child, Thief, Michael Mann's movie, fantastic, great score. Then we have a very famous composer, Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo. He did so many movies and still does. Uh, Here's just a couple. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Men in Black, and he scores so, so many more, probably some more this week. Now the cast, as I've talked about, Robert De Niro plays Jack Walsh. Now, you know De Niro. Come on, he's like the best male actor we have right now in anything. But I'll just mention his Oscar wins and his Oscar nominations. Oscar winner, best actor, The Godfather Part Two, Raging Bull. 
Oscar nominated for Best Actor, Taxi Driver, The Deer Hunter, Awakenings, Cape Fear, Oscar nominated Best Supporting Actor, Silver Linings Playbook. And he probably could have been nominated and won many, many more times. Now, his counterpart, Charles Grodin, plays Jonathan the Duke Mardukas. Sad to say, we lost Mr. Grodin. Rest in peace. April 21st, 2021 at 86. He's in so many movies, but here's just a couple. Dave, The Woman in Red, one of my personal favorites. King Kong. Not Peter Jackson's King Kong, the seven-hour version, but the one that came out in the 70s. Uh, then there's also Yofet Kodo as Alonzo Mosley. Another rest in peace. An amazing actor. And he passed away March 13th, 2021 at 81. But he's in some great movies like The Running Man, Brubaker, and the one that I always go back to, Alien. He's amazing. Anytime he's on the scene, you're staring at Yofat like, wow, what's he going to do? He's intense in this role, but kind of comedic, but he's FBI. So, And we'll get into more of the characters shortly. Then we have John Ashton as Marvin Durfler. Comic relief in this movie, as if you needed it on top of Groden, but he's incredible. And he's in movies like Middlemen as well, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, the first two at least, one of the cops that works with Eddie Murphy, and he's in the Beverly Hills office. Then there's Dennis Farina as Jimmy Serino. I know another rest in peace. We lost Farina July 22nd, 2013 at 69. Far too young, I should say. But he is an iconic actor as well. Get Shorty, Saving Private Ryan, Out of Sight. He was in the TV show Crime Story for a long time. He was an ex-cop. So he really brings that to his roles. And I love that he's a mob guy in this. And we'll talk more about it. And then the last one on my cast hit list is Joey Pants. Joe Pantoliono as Eddie Mascone. And he's, of course, in The Matrix, The Fugitive, Risky Business, one of my all-time favorite movies, as Guido the Killer Pimp. And, uh, okay, so I'm going to play the trailer to really set the mood, and then we'll just kind of break down the movie very quickly and have some fun with it. Okay, so here it goes. Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter. Your mother ever teach you how to talk nice to people and not shoot at them? Charles Grodin is an accountant who embezzled $15 million from the mob. It is truly in your best interest to just relax. That's a lot of money in the 80s. I want this guy taken off. I want him taken off fast. The mob wants him dead. The FBI want him alive. I'm going to bring him into federal court. Do I make myself understand? These sunglasses, they're really nice. Are they government issued or do all you guys go like to the same store to get them? And his bail bondsman wants him in L.A. in 72 hours. They can't fly. They also suffer from acrophobia and claustrophobia. I'll tell you what, if you don't cooperate, you're going to suffer from fistophobia. Travel has a funny way of bringing people together. Are oh, you going to outrace the police car? You're going to outrace the police car. Jack, where are you? I'm in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> I'm in Anchorage, Alaska. Why would you do that? Oh, you enjoy yourself. This is my room, and that's your room. Good night. I was somewhere between Toledo and Cleveland. Oh, no, no. Come on, come on. Cigarettes are killers. <laughs> oh! Who the hell were those guys? Those are hired killers back there. I can't take this. Hired to kill who? Hired to kill this guy. You had this guy, what, four days? Uh... Oh, Look, you got five hours left. What are you doing? You promise to let me go this time? Open that fire! Yeah, that's right! 
You're fat. Agent Foster Grant. You're all right, Jack. Ah! Yeah, well, you're all right, too. Give us a kiss. <laughs> From the director of Beverly Hills Cop. What is your plan? You guys look like you do a lot of traveling. Yeah. Midnight Run. Still works. So that gives you a sense of kind of the tone to it. You know, it, it looks a little silly, but it works. And the film really follows Jack Walsh De Niro. And he is a tough ex-cop, churn bounty hunter, who he also lost his job because of the mob of all things Jimmy Serrano. But he's hired to track down and capture Jonathan the Duke Mardukas, Charles Grodin, an accountant who embezzled millions from the mafia boss, which was Jimmy Serrano. Now, of course, $15 million back then, it's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But if they made the movie today, remade it, they'd make it $150 million or whatever. Now, Eddie Moscone is the bail bondsman who hires Jack. And you can see him. He's always calling, checking in on him. Like, where is he? You have 72 hours to get to L.A. Because Charles Grodin pulls a fast one and says, I can't fly. So they're in New York. He's got to get him to L.A. So they have to take buses and drive and anything and everything to get there but a plane so that creates you know puts everything in motion all these characters because if they just flew there they'd be there there's no movie anyway so eddie wants the duke for obvious reasons he's put up the money he's a bail bondsman and he put up a lot of money i think it's close to half a million dollars and so he needs him or he's out the money now alonzo mosley is the fbi agent who wants the duke so he can testify against jimmy and jimmy Serrano wants the Duke dead. So all this is going on, and Jack just wants... Oh, and sorry, and there's also Marvin Durfler. He's a fellow bounty hunter who Eddie also hired to get the Duke as a backup. And that's John Ashton, and I'm telling you, the movie works without him, but with him, the comedic value just increases tenfold. He's amazing in this because his humor is so different than the dryness of Groden. And I think it just elevates this movie to a whole new level. Absolutely. Now, Jack just wants to get his $100,000 bounty and open up a coffee shop. He's out of the game. You know, he was an ex-cop. Now he's a bounty hunter and he's looking for an exit. And the Duke makes things difficult because, again, he won't fly. He says he can't fly. Turns out he knows how to fly. <laughs> but he's acting like, I can't be on a plane because he wants to get him to go cross country and maybe he can A, bond with him, which he does, or B, escape, which he also does. But again, you got to see the movie. Now, of course, that creates numerous comedic and action-packed situations, much like you saw in the trailer or heard in the trailer. Now, in the end, Jack lets the Duke go. Spoiler alert. After he helped set up Jimmy and the mob to the FBI, and they were satisfied, so they no longer wanted the Duke, and then Marvin misses out on the bounty, and that's a whole other storyline. Now, the only person who's really screwed is Eddie, is out the bond money in the end. And, of course... The Duke, all along, unbeknownst to Jack, had like a money belt and he gives him $300,000 at the end of the movie after he agreed to let him go. So it wasn't like a, a negotiation. 
And that's three times what he was going to get. And he can go off and to the sunset and open his coffee shop. Now, there is one scene that we don't revisit. And I think it brought some drama to the movie for sure. It was like, wow, seeing it again, I thought, my God, it's really heavy and important. But I wish there had been a payoff, some sort of mention. But during this crazy cross-country road trip, Jack takes the Duke to visit his wife, his ex-wife, and his daughter, who he hadn't spoken to in like nine years, to get a couple dollars because they were broke on the road and she is not happy to see him, but she's moved on and she gives him her car so they can, you know, mosey down the street and her daughter and him have a scene, his daughter. And it's very touching. She's wonderful. And she even tries to give him her babysitting money. It's just really touching. And all you want at the end of the movie is some sort of reference like, I got to get to know my kid. Or I'm going to open that coffee shop and maybe I'll do it where my kid is located. Just something. Because it was like, wow, you, you love Jack, but you don't love his relationship with his daughter, which he has created and caused by neglect. He moved on and, and then his wife got remarried. But anyway, there's that. But it was uh, really an important scene. Now, here's some trivia on the movie. Robert De Niro initially turned down the role of Jack Walsh multiple times. However, after reading the script again, he changed his mind and accepted the role, which ultimately became one of his most popular comedic performances. Totally agree. This movie is not the same without Robert De Niro. Incredibly important. Now, Charles Grodin was not the original choice for the role of Jonathan the Duke Mardukas. Actors such as Robin Williams, Al Pacino, and James Caan were considered for the role before Grodin was cast. I'm sure... Williams would have been great and Pacino and that would have been a chance for that's pretty interesting Pacino and De Niro to be together before Heat and then there's Khan all would have been fine but this role was really made for Groden his humor it's worth watching the movie just again to see his dryness working off De Niro's you know stiffed closed up self it's really funny their banter is fantastic and, of course, it went on to be one of the highlights in Groden's career. So uh, I'm glad he did it. And we wouldn't have, we may not be talking about Midnight Run today had he not been in it. Anyway, I hope that this just rewatched episode inspires anyone to revisit it or watch it for the first time. And, uh, yeah, again, I think it's a very non-conventional buddy movie that just gets better with age. So what else could you ask for? So without further ado... Please enjoy Midnight Run. So thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to subscribe to the Let's Talk Movies podcast and the Let's Talk Movies YouTube live channel. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast, send us a direct message, or post a comment on any Let's Talk Movies social media platform. We also highly recommend checking out our other podcast and visiting JustCuriousMedia.com.